Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 61 of Internet Marketing. This is the questions and answers show I have with me in the studio, Kelvin Newman. Hello, hello, hello. Kelvin, we have a number of questions um, on the board today, but just before we start those, uh, let's just remind people about getting in touch with us as he shuffles papers. Yeah, um, I mean, one of the great things about going to the weekly schedule rather than the monthly schedule is that we've got time every month to do questions and answers. Um, and fortunately, we've had quite a few people who have got in touch with us. So we're in the process of setting up a phone number um, so you can ring in and we'll have an MP3 there um, recorder so we can drop your MP3 questions straight into the show. But if you prefer to get in touch via text, that you know, textually, as it were, there's um, two ways to get in contact. One is to drop me an email, um, which you can contact me at kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. So that's K-E-L-V-I-N dot N-E-W-M-A-N at sitevisibility.com. Or just drop us a question via Twitter. Um, if you use the hashtag IMPC, it will pop up on mine and Andy's screen and we'll be sure to, to um, give, you a list, um, give you a response there, hopefully in the show. Um, you, can, you can follow us both as well. I mean, my username on Twitter is um, at um, Kelvin Newman, all one word. And, and my Twitter handle is Dr. Pod. Yeah, so quite a few people find us on there and um, ask us questions as well. So that's, you know, I'm, I'm probably shamefully addicted to Twitter, so oh, I'll always I be am. on there. So, yeah, um, so we've got a bunch of questions from a, a variety of people all over the world who listen to the podcast um, this uh, this week. So, yeah, should yes. we dive in? I think it's five questions, starting yes. with question number one from, from Gavin Hamar. Now, I'm not sure where Gavin is from. Uh, but he uh, is asking uh, about um, he was he was listening to the twelve tools of Christmas, and um, he was thinking about ways to update Facebook yeah. using RSS feeds, and he mentioned sendable dot com. Yeah, so that was his talk because we were talking in that episode about um, what was the best way because to update. We were talking about RSS tools that allowed you to automatically update to Twitter, weren't we? Mm. And saying that there wasn't an easy way to do the equivalent on Facebook. Um, There were tools like Ping FM and those kind of things, but none of them that quite um, had that functionality. So um, Gavin, I think, works for Sendable.com, and he seems to think his tool will do a very good job of of doing that. So I've not tested it out. Mm -hmm. But um, from what Gavin says, um, you know, his tool should be able to allow you to do that. So... Yeah, if any listeners do have any tools or anything that they're 
projects they're working on that they think the listeners would be interested in, drop us a line because, yeah, we're happy to share those out with people. Okay. Anthony Wilson of yomps.co.uk. He's in Brighton. I've actually met Anthony. Nice yes, guy. Yeah, no, I've met him as much. Yeah, nice guy. Um, should you have separate business and profiles? Uh, so, sorry, let me rephrase the question. Should you have separate business and private profiles on Twitter? Because Anthony's got three. He's got a professional one, a personal one, and another side project. Yeah, um, yeah. because Anthony was saying in his case there, he had his Yomps one, so I think it's Anthony underscore Yomps, and then his mm. own personal one. And he's also got this project, which is, I think, where well, he met him, wasn't it? The man about Brighton that he's doing, where he's kind of yes. helping independent businesses in Brighton. And he said he's got, you know, kind of free profiles. Well, or he could have free profiles for those different accounts. My general opinion is, um, and not everybody agrees with me on this, is that really most people should only really have one profile on Twitter. And that can encompass their personal stuff and their private stuff as long as your work are kind of cool with that um, because i think you're better off having um one well-maintained well-used well-followed profile than three kind of half-used ones mm, because mm. or two half-used ones because unless you really want to keep your business and work life separate um you're then splitting your fans across two accounts. You're splitting your updates across two accounts. And it's just really confusing. And I think you're bound to end up sending the wrong update out on the wrong account and that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I would tend to agree with this. What I hate to see are um, accounts that are quite clearly businessy and there's no human interaction on there. It's all bots. It's all sort of like whenever they do a a blog post, it's new blog post at such and such and such. You never see any human interaction or conversations going on. I think it's vital to mix in the human element. If you're going to, I think doing a bit of, um, I was going to say the word botting, but it does sound very, very dodgy, dodgy word. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I mean, with the site visibility account, I think we probably fall a little bit into that trap where we kind of post our stuff there. But what, what we've tried to do with that account is say, okay, well, there's lots of stuff that we share internally. So it's mm. just kind of a link sharing tool that hopefully people will find valuable. So anything we're producing, we put out on there, anything that we've, we've kind of got like a company delicious account that we use as well. So if we tag anything for the rest of the office, that goes out on there as well. Occasionally we'll sign in and um, share links as well. But the problem is if there's a company and there's lots of you, it's going to be very difficult to work out who's responsible for that Twitter account. And mm. unless there's kind of a real strong um, need for that, you know, it's kind of a primary thing you're driving. It will get ignored. And, mm. you know, mm. that's the sad truth that for anyone who's working in kind of the marketing business or the information business, their, you know, most precious resource is their time. Mm. You know, mm. it's how little time we have that's the problem. It's not how many things we could do or our skills or any of those kind of things. Mm. So I would say to Anthony in this case, I'd probably, if it doesn't seem too weird to be promoting all these different things via one person, do it via just one account. Yes, there might be situations to say you've got, you know, you're a professional lawyer and that's your, t- you know, your other account, but also by weekend and night, you're, you know, a you know, hardcore trance DJ and the, the mm. two audiences don't match there. Mm. Then there might be a situation to keep them separate. But for most people, the line between the professional and personal is, you know, it's a blurry, porous line between mm. the two there. Mm. So I think it, you know, it it's worth keeping them together. And there is a value to that. There's people who I follow who are just search people or internet marketing people who are really into cycling and I'll now go out cycling with them. And I never would have known that if they weren't mixing the two there. And mm. again, people, you know, like I've started getting quite into coffee and there's people I know I can go for a coffee, you know, a fancy coffee with now because they're into it as well. And sometimes <laughs> these people are kind of quite nice people to, you know, meet yeah. up with who yeah. otherwise I wouldn't have had that connection there. And it's kind of classic networking, isn't it? It's not just what you have in common that's 
businessy. It's the stuff outside that's probably how you'll make your friends that'll help you, you know, perform better as a business. Mm. Actually, Anthony also asks: um, Can SlideShare work for B to C? businesses yeah so yeah business to consumer businesses so yeah. yeah anthony was one of the first people who contacted and viewed our secret screencast um which if anyone's interested they can drop me an email at kelvin um dot newman at sitevisibility.com and i'll send them through the secret screencast that we did there which was about slideshare and um basically in the screencast i talked a bit about some of the ways you can be clever in getting your um screencast to go to the home page mm. easily because um, there's it's not tricks but there's certain things you can do that help you get up there quicker um and actually it was like oh that really helpful really enjoyed the screencast um i can see how it would work for b2b businesses but what if you're trying to um, go after consumer businesses and it's a less obvious fit because essentially slideshare if you've not come across it before at slideshare.net it's like youtube for powerpoint presentations mm. um so it's my favorite site i think we might have an interview coming up at some point with one of the founders if we can get our diaries to co-align as well which would be great yeah um but the it's obvious for me to be so like i can put site visibility ones up because you know a presentation about how to do seo makes sense you know a presentation mm. about how to you know start up a podcast makes sense a presentation about you know anything that's selling to another business you can do because mm. powerpoint's a format you would use to do that if you were doing it in person so it makes sense to move it online but very rarely if you're selling to punters do you say hey come into my shop and i'll show you a powerpoint presentation so it's a, <laughs> yeah. it's a little bit harder there but that's not to say it can't work so um i mean you switch they're kind of a consumer um you know brand they've got their b2b and we did some things for them where they did a kind of you switch guide to building a website you know and other kind of connections there so there's interesting things you can do um it's not one of the ones that's instantly i'm struck with thousands of b2c ideas for slideshare but don't just dismiss it as a b2b tool because um, it's a great way to share slides, you know, slide where and slide where can be, you know, a boring bullet point PowerPoint presentation, or it can be something visually stunning and beautiful. Mm. And if you can do that and that will appeal to your audience, then there's opportunities there. I'm squeaking my chair here, Andy. Yes, Sorry, you are. I, I thought we had mice for a minute. <laughs> Well, should we move on to the next one then? Uh, I hope I don't um, mess this name up. Uh, Don, Don, John D. Domencio. He's a celebrity impersonator from New York, apparently. Yeah, this, I mean, I had a look at his website and yeah, had, you know. Well, anyway. Yeah. Um, um, two firms look at his site and both recommend starting from scratch uh, with a new CMS to get the SEO right. Is this a good idea? Yeah, I think this is a common situation that I've heard from quite a few listeners over the, over the months and that when we've been involved with the podcast where they're like, okay, um, I've discovered SEO is really important. I want my website to be better in Google. Um, but the website I currently have people are telling me i can't seo mm. and in almost every situation there are things you can do with your current cms your current website to improve the seo so you can change the mentions of your keywords i would be very surprised if you had a system where you can't change your title tags at all it might be difficult it might be unintuitive but there probably is a way of doing it but quite often it is true that you are better off starting from scratch with a CMS. So starting a new website with the right information architecture that's based on your keyword research can work really well. Um, but what I will say is if someone does recommend, you know, getting a brand new CMS, don't just assume that a new CMS equals a better CMS because some of the CMSs out there that people have built internally or have rebadged or bought aren't that good from an SEO perspective. Mm, mm, mm. Um, the ones we all, there's, 
you know, there's free open source ones that, you know, have varying degrees of SEO friendliness, but all can be tweaked to work well. Mm-hmm. So WordPress, which is largely a blog one, but you can build full websites in it. The site visibility website is built entirely in WordPress. And if you use the um, all-in-one SEO plugin, that's even better. Yeah, yeah. If you've got, yeah, WordPress out the, out the jar, as it were, isn't actually that SEO friendly, but that plugin, the all-in SEO, mm. you get that live and instantly it's tons better than most CMSs yeah. out there. Um, there's Joomla. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Which, um, you know, kind of fits in a nice middle ground if a blog one wouldn't really work, Mm. um, but it's not too involved a project. Again, there's plugins that you can use that I don't like them that much, but a lot of SEOs do really swear by Joomla uh, Mm. for kind of medium-sized sites because WordPress is great if you've kind of got just content. Uh, But if you want a little bit of functionality that's a little bit more database-driven, Joomla can work quite well there. And um, finally, Drupal, which I've not used a huge amount uh, personally, but I've, you know, seen some demonstrations of the things they're starting to include there from an SEO point of view. Mm. And it's really, really powerful. There's a, a chap who I think you probably know called Steve Perkins. I know Steve, yeah. And yep. he did a demo at this Brighton SEO meetup we arranged a couple of uh, a couple of months ago. Mm. And yeah, I, I think genuinely for a lot of websites, you Drupal can do it all. Um, there will be situations if you're building the next Amazon where you'll need to do something where you build it yourself. But mm. for most people, one of those three will probably work. I mean, you, you've probably got experience of those as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, most of my experience is, is with WordPress, uh, yeah. which I think is absolutely fantastic. And it's quite easy to install. There's nothing really yeah. difficult. Um, I used to use Joomla. Joomla used to go under a different name, which I've completely forgotten. Um, Mambo, I think it used to be known oh, okay. as. And yeah. I'm not a big fan. I was never a fan of Mambo, but it's yeah. probably a lot better now as, as Joomla. Yeah. But I'm, I know that uh, I did try and get into Drupal, um, but I stopped myself because I felt I was going to, I was wandering too far off the reservation. Yeah. Um, what was sort of concentrating on the podcast and things. Mm. Um, but I get the impression it's very, very flexible, very, very powerful. When I've yeah. spoken to Steve about it, yeah. um, Steve Perkus, I've got the impression that it's, you, you can build, 
I might be wrong, but I get the impression you can build bigger, more complex sites yeah. because of the increased flexibility yeah. in Drupal. Yeah, I think the problem with Drupal is it's kind of it's got a really steep learning curve, and once you've yeah. got over that, it's brilliant. But mm. WordPress is actually the opposite. It's kind of I think. Oh yeah. Provided you can do a little bit of web development, you can get WordPress set up. There's a lot of hosts out there that do kind of one-click installs. You buy, oh, yeah, like DreamHost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You click, click install WordPress, and it's there. And then mm. it's like using an email account, and but a hundred times more powerful than like Blogger. So mm. yeah. Yeah, I think in John's case, um, I wouldn't like to say for definite, but I would probably say that a new CMS might be a good place to start there. And if you do, try and make sure that if you don't go with one of those three options, you're able to do the standard things that you want to do from an SEA perspective. So edit the title tags, give certain elements of the page certain markup. So you might want to make it an H1. You might want to make it strong so it looks bold. You might want to make it a bulleted list. Any of those things that you can do from an SEA point of view there as well. And make sure you've got simple, definitive URLs as well, because a lot mm. of CMSs create huge kinds of duplication problems where you can get to the same page on 20 different addresses, mm. Google find all 20, and then go, mm, I don't know, and then just throw their toys out the pram and go to your competitor <laughs> instead. Does Google really do that? Uh, well, I, yeah, kind of metaphorically there, but I think that's <laughs> kind of basically what they do in some situations. Right, should we move on? Yeah, yes. Um, Glenda Glenda Gorley from New Zealand. I'm reading the questions, no, Mr. Okay, Kelvin. Sorry, I'm getting all excited there. Glenda Gorley from New Zealand. Uh, she's a food writer, uh, trained in nutrition uh, and um, education and PR uh, marketing with my teenage daughter, Claire. Uh, she's written an ebook to encourage teenagers to cook. Actually, I must stop summarising these emails in bullet points. I think I'll just read the emails yeah. in the future. Uh, Basically... Um, Glenda's situation is that she's written a book for teenagers about how to cook. But actually, it's transpired that a lot of people who are buying it are the parents of teenagers. And they're not so familiar with ebooks. So right. they're kind of like, oh, I don't know what an ebook is. And she's getting quite a lot of traffic. And the people who read it are really liking it. But very few people are actually turning into sales. Um, one of the things that she said when in, in her email she sent across was that she'd been approached by a large publishing company about doing an offline copy, but she wasn't sure about whether that was the best approach to take. She's fortunate that she's had a sponsor so far who's funded all the development costs. So she's kind of in a quite fortunate situation that it's not like desperate, desperate, but she's a bit concerned that she's got this ebook. She's getting lots of visits, but only about 1% of the people who um, visit the site actually turn into a sale. Okay. Um, so, I would say 1% is a reasonably low conversion rate, um, but it will be in the probably, unless you're sending someone to a squeeze target landing page where there's very little options, it will be in the single um, figures there. So my comment is there probably is some way she can improve her conversion rate and look into tools like Google Website Optimizer where she can mm. change some of the content on her sales page and see if anything happens there. But the fact that she's getting that positive feedback, she's getting people offline taking it seriously mm. she's getting press coverage there um i would say yeah there's probably improvements you can make there to make more of the traffic and that's one thing i say generally is quite often internet marketers you know myself included get fixated on getting more traffic mm. um you know bunging more people in the top of the funnel when actually you're probably going to get a bigger reward just widening the the hole at the bottom of the funnel as it were by converting people more frequently um so i would say She's she's only a month or so, or probably about two months now since she sent the question in. Um, give it some time. Try and improve the, the conversion rate of those pages and then see where you are before giving up. Um, she also asked as well, should um, 
should she give up on ebooks and maybe make it more of a blog and selling advertising and all these kind of things? I mean, because you've got a bit of experience, Andy, in terms of you're going down the the podcasting yeah, book yeah. line. What, what was your your feelings about ebooks versus blogs with advertising? Okay, uh, total transparency here. I, I am writing uh, an ebook. It's it is a bit behind schedule. It's on podcasting. I'm hearing a lot of what I assume are. Uh, uh, Social media and mm. internet marketing experts saying that ebooks day days are over, and it's obviously not music to my ears. I'm not quite sure why they're saying it. Mm. I mean, I'm my accountability buddy is a guy that we've interviewed on the show before called Ian Oswald, yeah. and he he is just like me writing a book on screencasting. And the clever thing that he's doing, he's already sold loads of copies yeah. even while it's being written. I mean, yeah. several tens of copies. Yeah. Um, but he had a massive community already from his procasts yeah. um, sort of community, mm. and I think it's all to do with community. So I, 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 I just wonder how it, sort of how much she's building a community and interacting with the yeah. people that are coming to the website because I think that makes a big difference. If yeah. you can build up a, a community and trust, then I think that I don't know. I think it just builds up a bit of trust. I mean, one yeah. thing she might want to try, and this is something I've, I've thought about with my book. Mm. Is certainly when the book is written, maybe do an audio version of it, maybe maybe read her own book out. Yeah. Or what she could do, maybe, oh, idea for me actually, is read out just excerpts of the book in yeah. audio and just see how, how those go down. Yeah. And get the full book out, mm. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I think the thing with ebooks is it's great as kind of, you know, you've got a community, you've got listeners there, and they're interested in what you want to do, but you need to kind of make, uh, you want to give away something that's even more valuable. Mm. Um, so I know that we're working on a few bits and pieces where they're kind of, okay, here's what we can present in the podcast, but if you want something really more heavily involved, here's something you can you can sign up for and get a bit of information there. Mm. So I think that's an interesting approach to go down there. But if you've just created the bit you want to sell but haven't necessarily got the community to sell it to, mm. it's going to be a bit of a struggle there. So I think in, in Glenda's case that clearly there's a demand there for these kind of products. So maybe she could, you know, you know, have a blog there with the advertising, with the affiliate deals where she's regularly putting up um, recipes for teenagers but then she's got the really nicely presented offline copy but people who want something that they can use offline mm. that would be my approach rather than going down the ebook route because i think from a recipes point of view there's a dilemma that always having the paper having the copy you can take into the kitchen yeah yeah is valuable you know mm. the number of times i've got you know all kinds of sauces splattered over my laptop when I've taken the laptop into the kitchen to try and replicate her, you know, isn't that great? And yes, things like the iPad and the Kindle are a little bit more practical for those type of situations. But I'd maybe try and build the community, get all these people involved in selecting the recipes that make it into that final paper copy because she's Mm. had that interest from a publisher Mm. and then go down that route and then use the, the, the blog as a means to generate the traffic and the interest to sell lots of copies of that book. Cause yes, um, everything's moving digital and online, but people like Seth Godin give tons and tons away on their website, but it means that they can sell thousands and thousands of copies of their book. So he gives all that away for free, but it's just because it gets you interested in his book where you hand over the money and then he makes the money back that way. You're mentioning uh, hard copies of books. Is What's that website? Is it lulu.com? Yeah, lulu.com. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. they'll allow you to kind of self-publish on demand. So for Mm. a lot of people, um, it... The way that offline publishing works, and I've had a few friends who've worked on various books of various shapes and forms, is it's great if you can sell thousands of copies of a book. You know, mm. you, you're okay. If you're only going to be able to sell hundreds of copies of a book, 
the traditional publishing model is never really going to work for you. Mm. So that's why websites like Lulu, where you can kind of print them off as you need them and sell them. And they look like, you know, they're just proper books there. Yes, they don't get through Amazon and that kind of thing. But if you've got your community and you're pointing them to where they can buy it, well worth exploring. Right, well, I think that wraps it up for this week's episode of Questions and Answers. Um, any final thoughts, Calvin, before we sign off? Um, no, I think, that, I think that's all from me. Um, all I say is, yeah, keep sending the questions in because, you know, there's lots of ones that come up that are, you know, are interesting things, you know, like I love having these kind of discussions with Andy. So, yeah, mm. keep, keep pointing the questions in our direction. Okay, everyone, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Well, that's it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Now, we would really like to hear from you. So if you have any questions or comments, send them to info at ai-digital.com and feel free to send in MP3 files as well and we'll play them. If you're a subscriber, we'd like to thank you for your valuable time. If you haven't subscribed yet and you'd like this show delivered to your earbuds automatically, you can find Internet Marketing on iTunes. Just search under the Business and Marketing and Management categories. Or you can find us at FeedBurner at feeds.feedburner.com slash academyim. We'd also encourage you to leave comments on iTunes. Well, this is Andy White signing off, wishing you the best until we see you next time on Internet Marketing. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 